uh, moving forward, what we do is spiritual. How many of y'all realize something? You realize that it, it's a lot easier to achieve something that's to, to be a, a success than it is to stay a success. How many of y'all realize that many, many teams can win the Super Bowl trophy or win, you know, the, 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 the um, hockey trophy, win all these other things, baseball, uh, the, the championship. But how many of y'all know to repeat it is way more difficult than to achieve it? And I think inbred in all of us, we have this innate thing that sometimes when we're going to achieve something, we're all in it. But then to stay there and keep a hold of that is a difficult thing. Are you, are you with me? And, 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 and that's what happened in the book of Nehemiah right here. They, they achieved a remarkable goal. Nehemiah, one man, through the first seven chapters, he, he, they, they rebuilt a wall. This wall was torn down, and the temple where they worshipped was in the middle, and they rebuilt the wall in 52 days, which was remarkable because it was well over 100 years it was torn down. They rebuilt it, and they had success. If, if there was ever a time to take a trip to Disney World, it was then. Right? What are you going to do? Go to Disney World. Everybody goes to Disney World when they become a success. I don't know. Disney World must mark the place where you go like to, to, to go on your decline. I don't know. I'm just thinking. But they, they achieved it. And, and so to maintain that, that fervency is going to take energy and effort. Are you with me? See, making it through the last year was not the goal. I mean, it's been one year since, since we were all trying to figure out what's going to happen with the pandemic and all, but that was not the goal. I want to move forward. Are you with me? Not just as a church, but I want you to move forward. And I want to give us some principles of revival today. I want to give you some principles that are going to help you and help us get, get revived. Because if we don't keep our knives as sharp how many of y'all know they're, they're going to get dull all on their own? How many of y'all have knives in your kitchen? How many of y'all know that they're a, lot, they're, they're a lot more dull than they should be? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'm not, a, I'm not a knife sharpener. But I'm going to tell you, my son Greg, he's obsessed with it. And so he travels in every, about once a month he comes to see us. And I, and I always tell him, I say, son, these knives need sharp. He said, okay, he just loves it. He just goes to town. And if, if he stays away too long, when Eric, who's here, he's in Guatemala right now, whenever he's at my house, I say, Eric, you got to sharpen these knives. He says, okay. See, I know, I know who to get around to make sure that our knives are still sharp. No, I'm serious. See, you got to get around people that know how to sharpen you. You got to know how to, who to get around who can sharpen you and sharpen our lives and sharpen us to be all that we can for God. Because if we don't, we'll become dull and we don't even know it. And everybody knows that a dull knife is a lot more dangerous than a sharp one. Am I right? Whoever has scars, I have one right here. Whoever has scars on their hands knows what I'm talking about. And it's true. So how do we maintain this? How do we keep the main thing the main thing? And we have to remember what's at stake here. Come on, what's at stake is this. 
is that Nehemiah knew that a place where God is honored is at stake. So when Nehemiah was building, we're going to the Old Testament, Nehemiah 8, start getting there, in a place where God is honored and that the word of God is revered and esteemed and that lives are gonna be changed. This is what's at stake for us, church, because we live in a country, a culture, in our communities that is directly set against the things of God. I'm telling you, we're living in a crazy time right now. And it's a confusing time. But I believe that God is setting us up for, for, and I don't like to use this term because it has so many different imaginations to it, but the word revival. And revival means that we're gonna go back to the original. But I don't wanna go back to the original of a year ago or three years ago or five years ago. I wanna go back to the book of Acts. I mean, if we're gonna have revival and go back, let's go all the way. Come on, are you with me? I mean, if we're going to have some revival. Let's go, let's go back to the book of Acts and let's see what, see what they believed God for and let's go there. Y'all, 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 y'all going to go there with me today? Come on, that's what I'm looking for and that's what I'm believing for. And I believe this, but I believe, and you got to believe this right now before I get to the word this morning, you got to believe that we were created for such a time as this. you got to believe that God has set us up for such a time as this. you got to believe that God's going to give us the spirit in which we know what to do. Like the sons of Issachar, they, they knew their times, they knew what to do. Now you got to believe that. Because if you don't believe that, then you're just, we're just going to go on as business as usual in our lives. Our lives are just going to become business as usual. I don't want business as usual. I want business as supernatural. I want business as faith-filled. Are you with me this morning? Come on, that's what I'm going for. That's what I long for. That's what I want. And that's what I'm going to keep going for here. And that's what I want because either we're going to have breakthrough and blessing or destruction and decline. There's breakthrough and blessing or destruction and decline. How many of y'all want breakthrough and blessing? How many of y'all just say, this is as good as it gets. You're okay with destruction and decline. No way. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No way, no how, not here. Are you there? So let's go to Nehemiah chapter eight and let's look at some principles of revival. Do you know why I'm so excited right now? Is one of the principles of revival, one of the ways we stay sharp is this, is that we have a reverence for the word of God. And I am sensing, even in our church right now, that there is a hunger like I haven't seen in years for the word of God. I mean, like, last week there was close to 30 people, actually there's more than that in two rooms of our Grove Foundations that was getting trained up. If you still want to jump into that, just come. Just come on Sunday night. Give, give, give the next six, six weeks. Just show up and say, I'm going to be trained. I want to, I want to learn the Word of God. There's a hunger for the Word of God. Are you with me? Amen. And there's a reverence for the Word of God. You know, there's a reverence. You, you know, like back in the day, how many of y'all believe, remember when pastors used to be called reverend? Hey, reverend. I still get it a lot. Hey, rev. That means that you were, you, you, you were revered. You were esteemed. Do you know that there's no such thing as reverence anymore in our culture? Because, because people don't revere, they don't esteem leaders. They don't esteem the, even the word of God and they don't esteem leaders anymore. But I'm thankful to be a part of Bridge City Church that has a reverence for the Word of God. 
Are you with me? Okay, here we go. Verse one, all the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given Israel to obey. The book of the law is, whenever you see that in the Bible, it's the first five books of the Bible. That's what that is. So when you say, what's the book of the law? In that time, they didn't have Genesis through Revelation like we have it. They had just the first five books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Ezra, there's a book in the Bible named Ezra, which comes right before Nehemiah. Ezra went and rebuilt the temple where, again, just oversimplify with me, worship took place. Nehemiah came and put the walls around it to protect it. So Ezra was a scribe. He would have, been, he would have known the word of God because he was one who recorded the word of God. See, we're spoiled. We just, click, we just click on our Bible app. We go on a computer. I mean, how many of y'all like this? Like, if we didn't have the Bible apps, we would be saying, we need some scribes to start copying the Word of God. Talk about writer's cramp. I've been in parts of the world where they don't have the Word, and I've preached in places that they didn't have any written Word at all. And how they revere it. I remember when I was preaching in one time in, in West Africa, I would literally, if I knew I wasn't going to be preaching out of certain books, I would tear, tear the books out and I would leave it at that church. They held those pages like they were just so valuable. They just couldn't thank me enough. And so by the end of the, by the time I got home, I only had a few pages left. That's all I had. And, 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 and I tore it and, I just, and sometimes by the end I would just say, oh, do you, they, I, I never heard that scripture, so I'd rip it out of my Bible and I'd give it to them. We don't have a reverence like that anymore. But I want us to return because if we're, if you really want revival, how many of y'all want revival? How many of you want like a sweeping, going back to the beginning, a book of Acts where God's doing something in our culture, our country, and our communities, not just in the church. That's how you know you have revival because it's affecting those outside. Are you with me? We're going to need a reverence for the word of God. Man, I'm, I'm wound up. I better get rolling here. Verse two. And on the, October 8th, now October 2nd, they finished the job. And the 8th, so not even a week later, they were getting serious about why the walls were, were built. Are you with me? Not even a week later. They didn't take a week off and go to Disney World. They didn't take a week off and go to the beach. They didn't say, I need a, I need a spa day. They said, no, we're going to get serious about this. And Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and the women and all the children old enough to understand. Do you know who who we're going to affect with with, with the word of God? Is men and women and all the children who are old enough to understand. No, that's who's going to get the word of God. We're not going to wait until young people get old enough to understand. As people ask me all the time, Pastor, when can I start teaching my kids the Word of God? As soon as they're old enough to understand. Well, when are they old enough to understand? I don't know, probably about three, four. Come on. That's when we got to start. That's when we got to start imparting the Word of God, which is so vitally important here. And he faced the square, verse 3, just outside the water gate, from early morning until noon and read aloud to everyone who, who could understand. All the people listened closely. Now, I don't know what early morning is to you. Some people, early morning is 10 o'clock. I was with a group of young people recently. I said, yeah, I get up early in the morning. And I mentioned sometimes I sleep in. Sometimes I'll even sleep in till six or seven. They all looked at me and said, Pastor Rick, we're young people. 
That's really early. No, see, early mornings, actually it means daybreak. So sometime between daybreak to noon, they listen to the word of God. If we said, you know what, we're all going to get up at daybreak and we're going to get together and we're going to stand up and we're just going to listen to the book of the law. We're just going to keep reading it for six hours. How many of you would, would, would sign up for an extra shift at work that week? No, no, see, like, I want you to get a picture of this. It's like th- th- they didn't get the prize yet. It's like, no, now is the time to reinstate God's word here. We're going to listen closely. We're going to grasp. We're going to perceive. We're going to grab hold of this because if we're going to get the word of God and we're going to have revival in our land, if we're going to see God do something, it's going to be because the word of God is living and active in our lives on a daily basis. I got to get the word of God in my life. I don't just need a good, happy thought. I need the word. That's what we need. That's what God is taking. That's what God took them back to. And that's where we're going back. Are you with me? We love the word of God. The word of God, I'm telling you, it's great. It's awesome. But we do all this. We create environments simply. We, and, and, And we put air conditioning. We put heat here. Because I know if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have as many people here. Are you with me? How many of you are going to say amen to that? Right? But we do all that so that the word of God can pierce your heart. So that the word of God can do something in our lives here. That's what we do here. Verse 4, Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. Then he lists out some people to his right and to his left. I like to think of this as the people that are closest to us. As a matter of fact, show me your friends and I'll, and, and, and I'll, and I, and I'll see your future. Show me your friends, show me your future. Show me your connection group, show me your future. How many of y'all need, we need somebody we can, we can stand with the word of God with? We need somebody that we can stand with together. This is a picture of connection groups. I'm so glad I have one. I'm so glad I got one. The leader's making me memorize scripture. Imagine that, the pastor having to memorize scripture. I thought, man, just give me one. And they said, no, get a whole section. So I'm working on it. I got about four of the verses down. I can see who's gonna be leading this week. They're already looking at me saying, you're gonna recite all four verses this week. Tuesday nights are coming, pray for me. No, seriously, we're getting the word of God. We want the word of God. We long for the word of God. And those standing to the left and to the right, how many of y'all would like to hear me try to enunciate all these people? Come on, come on, on. How many of you are willing to pledge $5 a name to missions if I get it right? Hallelujah. How many of you would have no idea if I got it right or wrong? Thank you. Are you ready for this? No, I said, are you ready for this? Mattathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. To his left stood Pediah, Mishael, Melchizedek, Hashem. Haspa, Dadanai, Daya, 
Ah, I missed that one. Zechariah and Meshulam. I got all of them but one right there. And I've been practicing them all week long. I mean, you don't know how many times I've gone over. I, 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 I messed up actually two of them. I didn't get them right. But I was trying. Listen, I'd rather try and fall short than just say I'm not going to do it at all. Are you with me now? Come on, are you okay with that? <laughs> I gave up my best shot. I've been practicing. I've been going over it. And I've been trying like crazy. Lord Jesus, help me. Come on. But they stood to the left and to the right. The people who had the word of God in their lives get a chance to stand on a platform. And the reason many of us don't have a platform in our lives to stand on is because we don't have the word of God in our lives. So verse 5, Ezra stood on the platform in full view of the people. And when they saw him open the book, they did what? They, They did what? They... Let's practice doing that right now. So like, oh, Jared, throw me my Bible. That's down there, that brown. So like, so I'll pretend like I'm Ezra and I stand up on the platform. I'm in plain view, right? And when the book opens, what did they do? Rose. Yeah, I've been in churches before where they, they, they rise when the word of God's being, being spoken. I thought about doing that, but you're going to be like popcorn here all day long. <laughs> And so stay there, right there. And then Ezra praised the Lord, the, the, the great God, and all the people chanted. What did they chant? Amen. Amen. What did they chant? Amen. And they lifted their hands. And then they bowed down and worshipped, right, the Lord with their faces to the ground. How many of you are like, you're really not going to make us do that, right? I don't mind the standing up thing. I don't mind the hands thing. How many of you, know, you know, it's either bow down, put your face to the ground, or lift your hands. Everybody's like, I'm good. No, see, see, they had such a respect for the word of God. They rose to their feet. They stood. Oh, the book of the law is being read. No, I'm serious. Like, this is like, this is that moment where like God, God's word is going to be communicated and we're going to understand it. So just stay where you are right now. So when the word of God's being spoken at Bridge City Church, follow me here. Nobody moves. Nobody talks. Nobody giggles. Nobody goes in the back hallway. Everything in the back hallway here stops. Because the word of God's being spoken. And we don't want to miss the word of God. No, I want us to take us back to something. No, I'm serious. We, we don't have people off in other rooms and, and talking and, and we don't pull people out in the parking lot to have conversations when the word of God is being spoken because we revere and we esteem the word. And as a matter of fact, if I can't be here on a Sunday, I'm going to get the word of God some way, somehow I'm going to listen to it. And if I'm serving and kids, I'm going to listen to the word. If, I'm, if I miss, I'm away on vacation with my family. I'm going to, on the way home, we're going, to, we're going to play it. We're going to listen to the word. We're going to have a revere. I can't stand up in my car and listen to it. I'm going to be standing up on the inside. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is revival. This is maintaining on top. May we never lose our edge with reverence to the word of God. May we never lose the amen. May we never lose the raising your hands. May we never lose the, this is what God is saying. We are, it's going to require a response. Are you with me? Good, you can be seated there. And they responded here. They, they rose, and in verse 8, they read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. And that's what I want. I'm telling you this. The, the most exciting thing to me as a pastor is when people tell me they can understand the word. 
I'm telling you, out of all the things I do, when people come to me and they say, I, I'm understanding the word of God, that's a win. That's the win. The word of God is the win. I, I, people tell you, I'm really impressed with, with you, Pastor Rick. I'm saying, oh my goodness, you, you need to get out more. No, I'm serious. Oh, I'm really impressed by your church. That doesn't impress me, but you know what impresses me? The word of God being in people's hearts. That's what, that's what does it. That's what bears fruit. I, I know I'm overemphasizing this, but I can't emphasize it enough. If we really want God to do something in our lives, that's where we're gonna have to go to because this is what the word of God does. Verse nine, Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and the, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, don't mourn or weep on such a day as this for today is a sacred day. Today is a sacred day. Oh my goodness, it was a sacred day. They began weeping. See, when the word of God, they began weeping. This is what we've longed for. This is what we've wanted. This is what we have to have in our lives here. See, that's what repentance begins to do a work here. Verse 10, and Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks. Share the gifts of food. This is the sacred day before our God. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is Come on now, follow me here. For the joy of the Lord is? That's right. See, the reason we're not getting more of God's joy is because we're looking for our own joy. See, something transfers when you have the word of God in your life and you repent and you begin to weep and you begin to change and say, God, I, need to, I, I want to be broken. Then the joy of God will be your strength. You're in a whole new level of strength right there. That's a whole new level. That's a whole new ballgame of strength. When that becomes the thing that's in your heart, when repentance becomes the thing, I'm going to turn towards God. I am going to weep. Oh, listen, I got to be forgiven. And what Nehemiah was referring to in the, is the Feast of Tabernacles. And what there was three major feasts in the Jewish heritage in the Feast of Tabernacles remembered when they were brought out of Egypt. We're gonna be doing communion real soon. This morning, we're gonna be doing communion. And we're gonna remember when God brought us out, when we were dead and God made us alive. No, see, we're gonna remember. We're, we're not gonna do the whole Feast of Booths, the Feast of Tab, the Festival, the Tabernacles. We're not gonna do that. What we're going to do right now is we're going to remember when God brought us out. And may we never forget the day that we met Jesus. Are you with me? Amen. Come on, are you with me right now? May we never forget the day that we went from death to life. Because the day we forget that, we're already in decline. And we as God's people love to repent. We're looking for every opportunity. Not like, some like only mourning and crying. I'm looking to get right with God no matter what it takes. Are you with me? Let's go to chapter nine. And then on October 31st, they dressed up all their kids and they went trick-or-treating. Yeah, I was just wanting to see how many people were still with me. How many, that's not what this is talking about here. October 31st, a couple weeks later, the people assembled again. And uh, they, 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 they assembled 
And they fasted and dressed in burlap and sprinkled dust on their heads. Those of Israelite descent separated themselves from all foreigners as they confessed their own sins and the sins of their ancestors. Listen, this is what we're going to do. Listen, once we have the word of God and we say, God, you're breaking our hearts. This is what revival does. It breaks hearts. Are you with me? We maintain our edge. And then there's a return to righteousness. Do you know what I believe God wants in our land right now is a return to righteousness. Let me prophesy to you, there's no holiness, there's no righteousness in the land anymore. No, I'm talking about in the United States of America. Every, everybody wants to see how close they can get to the edge and still and keep their toes over, trying to say, I, I can keep balance, rather than to say, you know what? I don't want it. If my toes are getting burned from, from the singes of hell, I don't want my toes to burn. Are you with me? We just have this thing right now where there's no such thing as holiness anymore. As a matter of fact, to preach holiness, to say holiness, to say certain things publicly, people scorn. I mean, I'm, tell, I'm talking to people just about whether you should get a vaccine or not. I'm, I can't tell you what to believe. But taking a vaccine or a shot, as some of them really aren't even a vaccine, they're just a shot, that has human fetal cells that have been aborted in it is a problem to me. I say that to certain people, and they used to see the response I'm getting. No, I'm talking about Christian people. I'm talking about people saying, what do you mean? Why would you ever say that? I'm saying... Well, this is what somebody literally told me. I I read it. I read it for myself. They said, well, those babies died years ago. There's nothing you can do about it. Does that make it right? No, does that make it right? See, there's there's no concept of holiness. And I'm not telling you what to believe. What I'm saying is we have no process to what we believe. And I'm trying to share it passionately because where is the cry for holiness? Where is the cry for righteousness? And I'm not talking about rules and rituals and religion that you better go get your life together before you meet Jesus because quite frankly, none of us would be here. But once we meet Jesus, how about we read the word of God, we repent, and we return to righteousness. Are you with me now? Now, I know I'm sounding like an old crazy man right now, and that's okay. Because if I'm moving you to righteousness, if I'm moving you into the word of God, if I'm challenging a thought process, biblically speaking, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to stop from doing it. Because how many of y'all, we need it. I needed what I got at the marriage weekend yesterday. I wasn't there to minister. I needed it. Because I need to move my marriage more into holiness and righteousness. See, every aspect of my life, I'm going to move into there. I have no idea where I am. Well, here's a good place. Verse 3. They remained remained standing for three hours while while the book was being read. And then, and then what does it say they did? And then they confessed their sins. Then for three more hours, they confessed their sins. <laughs> did they do this publicly? 
I don't know. The problem is, as many of us couldn't, we, after like 13 seconds, we're done confessing. We're not really going for it. We just want to go through lip service. So you start doing stuff like this. You don't care about being cool. You don't care about being relevant. I just want Jesus. To maintain our edge, we have to be consumed with holiness. We're trying to fit in when it's not working. Holiness isn't a rule. It's not a mandatory thing. It's not a put a doily on your head. It's not a, it, it, listen, I'm convinced when a people, I'm sorry, I'm just, I just feel like I, like I got to go for it here. Y'all with me? Listen, man, like, like, it's not about rules of how long your skirts have to be. Listen, when you get wrapped up with Jesus, I believe you're going to be pleasing to God. That's all you want to please. I want to please God. Are you with me? Yeah, come on. I just want to please God. And I want to be pleasing to him. I'm not going to try to see how close I can get. I want to stay away from those things. Okay, I'm going to go on. Last one here, last one. Maintain your edge, renewed commitment. Renewed commitment. So now today we are slaves in the land of plenty that you gave our ancestors for their enjoyment. We are slaves here in the good land. See, Israel wasn't its own country at this point. They were slaves in a land. I don't know if you know this or not, but the United States of America is not a Christian nation anymore. It hasn't been. We're in a foreign land. Are you with me? See, until you understand we're in a foreign land with a different set of values, with a different kingdom, with a different ruler, with a different whole system, a theocratic system, we'll never be able to make a difference. I'm not saying we can't make a difference. We should make a difference. We should speak out. We can make a difference. I'm just going to write to verse 38. Come on up, worship team. The people responded, in view of all of this, we are making a solemn promise. And we're going to put it in writing. You know somebody's serious when they put it in writing. Have you ever bought a house? How many of you ever bought a house? How many of you are amazed at how many forms you had to sign? Am I right? It's amazing to me how many Christians, listen to me, listen to me, how many Christians will buy a house and sign like 20 documents and agree to pay something over 30 years. It's amazing how many Christians will take a note on a car for five, six, and seven years but they won't put their name to, I solemnly promise to obey you, God. I solemnly promise that I'm all in. I solemnly promise that I'm gonna keep my word. Am I speaking your language today? No, at some point, we just gotta say, I need to renew my commitment. 
And some of you are saying, Pastor Rick, I've never left my commitment. I'm still committed. I'm, I'm not challenging your commitment. What I'm challenging is our hearts and attitudes that if we want to see revival, we have to have a reverence for the word of God. Number two, we need some repentance. Number three, we need a return to righteousness and we need a renewed commitment to the things of God. When I see these things, I begin seeing revival. I see hearts going back to the way God created us to be. I see marriages being restored. Fathers' hearts going back to their children. Children's hearts back to their fathers. I see finances getting in line with the word of God joyfully because the joy of the Lord is my strength. What I see is I see people flocking, saying there's something different about you. I'm not sure what I see over here, but I see something in you. I got to have that. Are you with me? When they see this, are you with me this morning? And then you have a bunch of people that says, oh, we moved the clocks ahead. We get to go to church an hour earlier. I bought died and went to heaven. Are you with me now? How many of you have the, uh, what we recognize as communion? There's, there's just crackers and, and the juice. How many of y'all... How many of y'all, if you do not have one of these in your hand, just slip up your hand. One of the ushers will bring it to you. Does anybody not have one of these? That's okay. Just slip up your hand. They're going to come in. Not a big deal. I want to make sure everybody has one. There we go. People have asked, said, Pastor, when are we going to go back to breaking the bread and those little cups that we come up and get? I don't know. I what we know what we're doing is we're trying to model that you can do this at home. No, I'm serious. You, you could do this at home before you eat. You could, you could get your family around the table and you could do communion. I want to remember Jesus today. I want to remember his body, which was broken, and his blood that was shed. That's what this represents. I just want to simply remember. I just want to remember him. So I want you just to, just to open up your crackers there if you can. I know sometimes I just, Lord Jesus, help me. And then when you get them open, I just want you just to do this simple thing right where you are. Just as a symbol. This is only a symbol. I want you to break them in half. I just want you to break it because Jesus' body was broken for us. He was beat up. His body took on some horrible torture for you and me. And when you do that, now whether you eat just a piece or I'll be honest, my, my old Catholic background comes, I feel like if I leave any of this behind, I feel like I'm leaving Jesus. I, just, I still got that in my head. Now whether you have it all or just a piece, that's up to you. But right now in this moment, can we remember Jesus? Jesus, we remember you. We remember you, Jesus, and what you went through for me. I remember you, Jesus. It's not about my righteousness. It's about you. So let's remember him as we partake together.
open up that little cup, and I know, Jesus, help me not spill it. I'm remembering Jesus today. I'm remembering him. Without the blood that he shed on the cross, there would be no forgiveness of sin. See, slaves obey, but sons and daughters, they commit. We're committing our lives to him because of what he did for us. And we're going to take this serious. Can you remember Jesus and remember the blood that was shed for you right now? Let's partake together and remember. pray for this people today right now and if any one of those four points from today's message sparks something in your heart about return a reverence for the word of God about repentance about a return to righteousness and a renewed commitment if any one of those touched your heart this morning I just want you to stand to your feet this morning any one of those all you're saying is oh that really that really spoke to me that's all you're saying you're not committing to anything else you're saying oh that all that got me Now we're going to sing a song about God send revival and send it now. God give us one heart. Remember unified purpose in 8 verse 1? Unified purpose. God give us one heart, one voice, one life, one mouth to proclaim you, Father. And then we're going to take an opportunity right here. And I want to urge you, I do this a lot just because it helps me sometimes break out of my little territory. We come in here and we get our little territory and we mark our territory. And I want us maybe to get out of your seats and you can come up to the side or you can come up front and you can kneel down when we say, God, I'm kneeling down. And and you can cry out, God, God, I want to be moved today. I want revival in my heart today. And we're going to sing this entire song as a worship song and as a prayer to God this morning. And after we're done praying, Adam's going to come up. He's going to close us up with an offering and with a few things to remind us of. But let's move right now. Can we move right now and just begin to posture our hearts before God? Father, send revival and let it start in me in Jesus' name.